Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Soraya Randawa, the head of Omnichannel Experience at Informa FBX. Soraya, thanks so much for joining me. Great to, to be in this, Greg. Great to meet you again. Excellent. Yeah, so Soraya was on stage at Finnovate Europe back in Berlin. We were just talking about it before we pushed record. The last Finnovate event we were able to do before we were able to slide into this lockdown scenario. So um, we are now connecting virtually as so many of us are. And what we'd like to talk about today is a recent report that Soraya was working on talking about how big techs are changing the credit space, and potentially eating away at some of the market share that credit cards have been living in recently. Soraya, can you start with a high-level overview of what you're seeing there? So, Greg, I think I think the, the the main topic really here is buy now, pay later, and what we've seen in the last couple of years is that proliferation of buy now, pay later players, such as Affirm, Klarna, Afterpay, Clearpay, Quadpay, you name it. Right? Uh, you will have seen it at your at your retail checkouts. What's really interesting is seeing PayPal um, move beyond its PayPal credit offer. Right? Is seeing Amazon um, offering installment payments at the point of sale or even at, at product pages. So that's what we're really seeing in terms of uh, big tech moving in. Uh, the most interesting aspect for me is actually is understanding the number of consumers who are engaged in this space. So in a survey by Ascent, um, which are part of Botley Fool, what they've noted recently this year that over a third of US consumers have used a buy now pay later service. So we're starting to see changes in consumer interaction with financial providers, with fintechs and big tech. So this is something um, that you know we should be keeping track of and understanding a little bit more. Yeah, no, that's really fascinating. I mean, a third of Americans doing anything is always noteworthy, especially if there's something in the fintech space. And it's really interesting to see, you know, obviously multiple ideas of where this shift in behavior could come from. Um, but certainly the proliferation of the availability of the technology is is got to be a piece of it. And so one thing which I thought was really interesting in the uh, writing which I saw on your part was this idea that the big tech companies are actually in a better position than a lot of banks to capture this emerging, you know, buy now, pay later ecosystem. Can you talk a little bit about why that is? Well, I think the answer is that it's all about the context, right? So where are consumers? Consumers are consuming at the point of sale. They are searching for products. They're, they're, they're going out on platforms. And more so now, when we've, we've, we're thinking about the size of digital sales uh, during the pandemic, that they're in that context of making that sale. Um, you know, when I look at something as simple as, for example, a cosmetic site, uh, on the other day, I, I looked at the page and I opened the product page, I clicked on the product, and I was offered two different um, buy now, pay later options before I even move to the checkout page. So for me, it's actually the context. Now, when I think about big techs such as PayPal, which we know um, has, has presence in, on many retail platforms, particularly at the point of sale, Right. So we know that those partnerships have existed. When we think of the likes, for example, of Amazon, uh, which is the power and the number of consumers who use Amazon, for example, that really gives us an idea of the power of those big techs because that's where consumers go to interact and to actually make those payments and to buy. So it's not where we think about 
banks and financial providers, it's almost that the card is kind of the afterthought, right? You're not necessarily going to the banking platform to make that purchase. You're going to that retail platform. And what it is, is those big techs are either the big platforms themselves or they're the big partners themselves. Sure. Yeah. No. And I think one thing that's important to kind of talk about too, is this link between credit cards and this buy now, pay later and how those two are kind of multiple sides of the same coin, basically, because obviously credit cards exist in a, in a very real buy now, pay later type of way. And so the idea that this is a service that's now available to consumers outside of that credit card ecosystem, outside of that banking ecosystem is something mm-hmm. which is going to be really interesting to watch. Um, it's, you know, credit is credit from a consumer standpoint. What do I care if I'm making a payment to, you know, Capital One rewards card or to a consumer facing merchant that, um, has offered me this opportunity to buy now, pay later. And it's going to be interesting to see how big of a bite that really takes out of the, the credit card ecosystem. So, you know, one, one other question that kind of comes up here, how big of a factor is changing consumer behavior in this shift you're seeing? Because you know, we talked about the credit being available, however it's available, however it's easy for people to use. Um, but obviously, you know, consumers are looking to do more online transactions, like you're talking about ordering more stuff uh, from Amazon and other places along those lines with the pandemic going on. But at the same time, you know, things have been kind of trending that way for a little while now. Do you think the pandemic accelerated this shift a little bit? Um, absolutely. I think, I think what, what digital offers is cons- uh, the consumer uh, a greater visibility on potential options and potential payment options that they have. Um, what you know, when I when I say that the consumer served up these options at the point of sale or even before the point of sale, uh, what what it really is for me is almost like a fragmentation of lending here. So you now have more options in terms of how you want to pay or in where you want to pay. So um, you know, I mentioned two two options that was offered to me on a product page on another experience uh, where I had where I ended up at the at the checkout page. I was offered six different payments payment options in terms of what I wanted to do. So there's a great degree of choice in what consumers can do. And the other aspect is also, what is that lending behavior? What is that potential change in lending behavior? As you said, it may be that you are a revolving credit card customer. You put everything on your credit card. You let uh, that lending revolve and you pay you know, your minimal monthly payment. Or you may be a transactor, for example. Uh, you will pay most of your payments on time. You will pay the full payment on time. What I think that's interesting in terms of what buy now, pay later does is that it changed, it could change the dynamic a little bit. So where you may previously put most of your revolving into a credit card, you may be revolving on an individual purchase um, using the buy now, pay later option, where perhaps you may have been a transactor. um, You may actually consider the fact that, well, actually I am going to eventually pay, pay something off because a lot of those options are sort of three to four installment payments. So it gives you the feeling of having being a transactor because you are paying something off. So it's thinking about what, how this, these options eventually change the dynamic of how consumers behave towards, I would say, purchase lending. So I just want to come back. You said you saw six different checkout options in a recent online transaction. Is that right? Yes. So that's, that's astonishing to me because I think one of the things that we have with fintech, there's you know, two big problems that I've seen over the years in the industry. One is getting people to be aware of the technologies that are out there for them, the, the products that are out there for them. 
And the other is trying to educate consumers on what all of these choices mean, what all these products can do. And so I'm trying to imagine a page where you've got six different checkout options and imagine kind of the average consumer coming in there and thinking to themselves, you know, what is going on here? Is it possible for consumers to make an educated choice with six? I mean, that, that seems like overkill to me. I think they need to give consumers a little bit more credit to a certain degree, right? Um, and, I, and, you know, there have been surveys, for example, where some consumers uh, would, cons- would require that there are sort of buy now, pay later options to be in place in, in order to help their decision making. Um, so I think this is a survey done by Harris, Active, uh, Harris Interactive early this year, where uh, consumers actually said, you know, that they would like to have that option, that availability of that option. So I think consumers in engaging more in digital purchase and engaging more in in e-commerce are increasingly more educated in terms of the option. Um, I think think you're absolutely right towards, um, in, in terms of what consumers do to manage this option and understanding the impact of their choice. Now that for me is uh, a space which which is a slightly wider than which I think uh, financial providers can step in. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just come back and say I'm philosophically not aligned with you. I believe that we can't give consumers too much credit. I think that uh, this is one of the things that we've seen from the Finnovate stage many times. You know, the, the, there's no technology that's out there that somebody, uh, you know, a, a well-intentioned consumer can't uh, come and mess up. And that's obviously part of the fun of it. That's part of the challenge is yes. to come up with something that's going to hit everybody, those really educated consumers and, and those ones who are just sort of clicking through and figuring out, oh, I guess uh, I'll just click here and pay later and everything's going to be just fine. I would agree with that, right? For me, it's more the consequences. And I think the, the, the result would be in terms of, you know, what does regulation do in this space? Sure. And for me, that's the biggest one to watch for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's, let's turn the, uh, to, we have a couple minutes left here. So let's turn towards something else. You know, I think a lot of our listeners are probably curious about what traditional lenders and card issuers can do to compete mm-hmm. as this shift continues to take place. You know, what advice do you have for those groups who are interested in kind of defending their turf a little bit as we move forward mm-hmm. here? So I think traditional lenders already in the space, some of them are. So we had Markets Pay this year, uh, partnered with JetBlue so that they can be in the space in terms of purchasing tickets. We have American Express Pay Small, where they already started doing that, enabling some of the customers with uh, selected uh, selected partners, merchants, to be able to pay uh, using installment payments. And uh, you know, today we heard from My Chase Plan, where customers can actually select a transaction following the purchase and actually purchase an installment. So we can see some of the lenders already reacting. Uh, another, another great example is Westpac in Australia, which is now partnering with Afterpay um, and to put include them within their sort of their open banking platform. So we can see them reacting. Other ways is also incentivizing consumers to sort of continue using cards with better loyalty and reward programs, really, you know, a key pillar of credit card usage. And I think the final thing, I'm, I'm kind of alluding to what we talked about last, which is um, what can we do to help consumers? So I do think the future will be thinking about how uh, providers, whether it could be an aggregator, whether it's a financial provider, can offer personal financial management, like to manage buy now, pay later. So if you think about how Wells Fargo helps customers manage their recurring transactions and subscriptions, you know, why not help customers manage their risk, their cash flow and their risk with the various um, buy now, pay later um, purchases that they would have made. Uh, if I if I if I had a sort of a 
a magic ball, I'd probably look at it, you know, what's the future? Could there be an AI plugin, you know, where you're sitting at a product selection stage and you're really then thinking about, and someone offers you the best buy now, pay later purchase option when you're using, uh, you know, when you're at the checkout page. So I think there are a lot of different options that consumers could be helped with. For me, this is kind of a new unmet need that has been created with the proliferation of buy now, pay later. So I think there are a lot of things that financial providers can do. Yeah, I think certainly there's opportunity for creativity. And when you have a, a shift in consumer behavior, when consumers are basically telling the industry, you know, this is a service that we want, this is a product that we want, and, and they clearly are. That's what the data is, is suggesting. And I think, you know, to your earlier point, this is only going to be something that continues to get more popular. So it'll be really interesting to see where those opportunities are for traditional financial services providers to get involved, where there's opportunities for you know, new fintech to get involved. I love that idea for the AI play, that kind of aggregator. Um, and you know, I also think this is, there's always an opportunity for someone to come in and act as a trusted resource, somebody who can provide unbiased advice to help keep their customers uh, safe and happy and make sure they understand the implications of when they click that button and what it actually means. So, you know, a couple of different ways for companies to get a piece of this. And it's going to be just fascinating to watch how this trend continues to evolve. So, um, well, Soraya, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure, Greg. Till we can meet next time in person. Hopefully that's coming up soon. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>